0: Welcome. You are listening to the cover to cover podcast, lively conversations with cutting edge authors hosted by Mary Elizabeth Jackson. Mary is an author, advocate and educator. Join us to find your new favorite author, book or inspiration. And now here's Mary. Hello everyone. And welcome back to cover to cover podcast. You always want to listen to Thank you so much for being here today. Um, You know, if you have ever thought about writing down your life journey and things that you've been through and turning it into a memoir, well then um, you're lucky because today we are talking, I am talking to Mary and um, Mary H. Reagan is her Mm -hmm. name and Mary Reagan. Mary Reagan. Okay. And her, this is her debut book. Isn't that fun? Called life flashes a memoir. I'm so excited to talk to her today. So, um, she is a former educational tutor, a small business owner and part-time freelance news and feature article writer. Uh, she resides in in the U S in the great state of Massachusetts. We've just been talking about that. Uh, she loves reading, writing, ballroom dancing. I love ballroom dancing too singing and homemaking and yard work. I feel like Mary and I would just be the best of friends if I lived up where she did. And I'm Mary as well, Elizabeth Jackson. We spell our names differently, but that's so cool. I love it. I have a cousin who spells her name just like you. So uh, Mary, welcome to Cover to Cover. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's a
1: pleasure to talk with you.
0: I am so excited. So I'm going to give everybody a little bit of background. You know, you were journaling from January, 2007 to February, 2021. And this is about your various personal recollections and musings of your life. It covers a wide range of topics, including relationships, current events, politics, religion, spirituality, psychology, both Western and alternative medicine, which I also love. Um, it is uh, you. Well, well, we'll get into one of the things you hope people take away from this. But you know, did you? Did you? First of all, I always like to ask people this: Did you know starting like have you wanted to write your whole life, or is this something you fell into?
1: Yes, I've. Uh, what I've um, delight, delightfully found that late in life, all the things that I'm. Um, really enjoying doing are things I had no intention of doing. I did not intend to write this book. I didn't intend to adopt a dog. I didn't intend to be a ballroom dancer. Um, and in fact, I used to make fun of people who were ball. I used to see them dancing at the on um, at a, an open air pavilion on the shore and at the by the shore in the Antarctic beach. And I'd be like, that is so corny. I would never do that. Now I've been a serious student for six years. I love um it. as far as the book goes i i did i ended up um uh, when i met dog jura um he was i think he was about six years old no maybe three years old and uh i met him he was living in scotland he was a brother's dog at that time and i met him and I, the first thing i thought was cute dog i don't want a dog three years later he's living with me <laughs> and lives with me for 10 years until he dies. And then um, thirdly, as far as writing goes, I started, I had been writing before. I started writing in 2007, Um, but I just, I didn't, I was looking back, I didn't like what I wrote. I thought it was too analytical. I was ruminating about things. I thought, no, I don't, Um, I I just don't, I don't want to write anymore. So, but then I started the journal and I said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this another shot. Um, I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat everything, but I'm also not going to wallow in self pity. And so, and I, you know, I decided to ask, you know, ask for help with it. And so that's I started in 2007. Then, in three years later, I, I thought, oh, one day I remember sitting at the, um, you know, sitting at the kitchen table with the, uh, in front of the laptop, thinking, I think this is a book. I think I'm going to, you know, continue going until it's finished. Had I known then it was going to be another 11 years before I finished it, I probably would not have done it. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have completed it, and that's why I think we're not always advised as to, you know, when things are going to happen because um, it's known that if we know, we might not persevere with it. So out of love, we're asked to, we, you know, we're not, uh, we're not advised. <laughs> Right. And you know, yeah. you're
0: not the first person that I've interviewed over the last five years, um, who, who didn't get something done quickly and out within six months, a year, two years. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, remember interviewing a gentleman years ago and he's a fantasy writer. Um, and I think 20 plus years, it took him to get to where, wow. he's maybe, And, and when he, when he found the publisher, the publisher was like, okay, dude, this is too big. You've got to cut this in half and make this two books, you know? Uh, So I, I always believe that every, every uh, book has a birth date um, Mm -hmm. and everyone is its own timing. So uh, we, again, uh, I, again, I always say we. Because my live stream I do with a friend. Okay, <laughs> I am mm-hmm. talking to Mary Reagan today. Life flashes: a memoir. We're talking about her life journey. She journaled from 27 to 2021. Yeah. So, you know. Um, yeah, I just wanted
1: to point out that the name, is, I changed um, my the author name, reflects a pen name. I changed the name of out of respect for people who are in the book who I know that are um, semi-public figures. Okay. Um, I changed the names they didn't want to be in the book and I said well I can't not uh, I it's not possible for me not to write or publish the book if I can because I believe it's well that I do so but I said you know if you're and there isn't anything I don't believe in tell-alls um, I don't believe in memoirs they're tell-alls um, and so I just said you know out of respect for you I will change everyone's name and they didn't you know they didn't protest that
0: Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I'm but really- also
1: just one more thing. Also, the book is so my pen name is Mary, M-E-R-R-I-E, um, Reagan. And uh, the book is um, uh, the book is being republished soon. It's going to be a second edition um, and it's coming out in August. I decided to, you know, I decided to this past spring, I decided to work with a, um, a new publisher and who was also a promoter. Um, and also to work with a publicist, I hadn't done that before, and to um, develop a new website to help me move the book forward. I just said, I want to give it, um, it's like a child to me, yes. I want to do everything I can to save its life.
0: <laughs> and I
1: also, you know, and I, I also too, like, you know, I was, in the beginning, I thought, oh, the writing's good, why is it, aren't people um, you know, buying the book. And I, they said, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't mean your writing is a good, if nobody knows the books there, they're not going to buy the book. Right. So that's why you, that's why you work with a promoter. That's why you work with a publicist.
0: Yeah. You they, brought up a really important know. point, Mary. Um, and for anybody listening out there who, you know, wants to be an author, maybe you're an author. I think one of the best things I ever did for myself was get a publicist. Uh, and cause I've, mm-hmm. listen, I've been at this since 2017 and, uh, I've been through my share of publishers. I actually, my publisher last year, he died suddenly in June. So I, oh, oh,
1: oh.
0: My my road has been not a normal road as an author, uh, but I, I have a new publisher as of Christmas, we're revamping the books. that are about to come back out my, my four children's books, but, um, you know, y- something's very important is that, uh, y- you could have a great book, but if it's sitting there and it's not being promoted or pushed or nobody mm-hmm. knows it's there, it doesn't get read. So you no. really do have to, it, it's investing in yourself and your project and, um, you know, that that's one of those places, like you spend your money at a wedding on certain things to have a, a fantastic memories and, and experience. This is one of those kind of things. Um, you know, w- how do you feel about like, where does, um, cause we, I've got some questions here for you about things that are in the, in your book and your, in your book. um, you know, your spiritual awakening and the power of prayer. Will you touch on that for me?
1: well the spiritual um awakening um came at the time I started writing the book um I had been emotionally ill for a number of years um and it was difficult for me to hold a job um I had difficulty um navigating relationships um um, I had I was financially stable unstable so this is how the book is opening I I'm um so I as the book opens, I'm. Um, it's a January morning. I walk outside. I'm very um, lightly dressed, and um, it's it's pitch dark. It's 5 a.m. So I'm walking down a street called Commercial Street, and um, I just I think I can't I can't go on that much longer. I'm I'm emotionally and mentally um, I'm um, I'm not I'm not capable of going on. I don't know how to handle this massive darkness that I feel on a daily basis. Mm, And so I just done, um, and I had had, you know, I had some deadly thoughts in days prior to that. And so I, you know, I started to go in that direction. And then I, I just said, I I don't, I, you know, and it was probably a God saying to me, it's just the way you want to die. And I said, no, I don't want to die this way. And as soon as I said that, I knew that God was there. It is without any question, none. So I started a simple conversation with God and said, you know, this is what I, this is why I don't feel good. And this is what I've done. And I don't feel, I don't forgive myself for that. And then I just heard a voice say, I forgave you these things years ago. Mm. So of course I'm overcome and I'm, um, Tears are coming down this face. And I say, well, um, thank you. Thank you. And I just, you know, look, Lord, I, you know, I can't hold a job. Dif- relationships are difficult. You know, I, I, I don't know how, I don't know how to move forward. I don't know step one. So, and then I heard, I felt a spiritual hand reach down from the darkness. It was composed of bright white light. And the spiritual hand reached down to me and said, come with me. I'll show you how to live
0: again. Oh my gosh.
1: So I had been prescribed uh, antidepressants for two years before that. Um, And that day I went off them and I didn't ever, I haven't ever been on them again. I have no intention of ever being on them.
0: So your story really needs to be out there because that's a testament for anyone going through mental, I mean, everybody has mental, emotional stuff. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. Like, That's why you can, everybody can relate to it to some degree.
0: Right. And, and yeah. sometimes it doesn't get that bad, but I, I know during the pandemic, there were those of us who certainly struggled. Our kids struggled. I know I did. Uh, some of the things I, I focused on during that time was mental health of kids because of what I saw my own children struggling with and um, you know, but your story needs to be out there you know, for uh, anyone out there yeah. you know, talking to Mary Reagan, and we're we're talking about her memoir, and uh, Life flashes a memoir, and um, you know, coming going to the brink of that and then coming back that gives hope to people. Mm-hmm. So you need to be that billboard, that bright. Well, you know,
1: yeah. One of the things that God said to me afterwards, you know, well, I in prayer, which is a regular, you know, it's a part of like life me throughout the day and night and most of it's important formal prayer it's just talking with you know talking directly with god but you know i'd say you know god this doesn't look good i mean i'm 50 55 i'm not in a relationship i don't know home i don't have a job you know relationship is difficult and i just felt god saying to me um specifically life is not about what size house you live in what size car you drive whether you're in a relationship whether you have a job, it's about who you are inside. I mean, it's changing life circumstances. So even in the beginning, I was kind of, I was so, um, you know, inundated with what the world had said to me all the years. No, it's about your house size, your car size, your relationship that I wasn't quite willing to give that, you know, I heard it, but I was kind of like, well, we'll see. But as I learned to trust it and now I do fully, um, I realized there's no loop nobody no person ever arrives and that life really is about passion not proving and once it starts to be about proving you start going down the slippery slope you start to deteriorate mentally you start to deteriorate emotionally and probably physically too in some way or other and um so and when it's about proving one can't you're not ever enough
0: when it's about passion
1: when it's about passion, it's about enjoying each moment of each day. And, um, and also too learning, you know, that uh, one of the biggest teachers is conflict, you know, conflict is a natural part of life, but people tend to treat it as something alien. Oh, you know, the country's so divided, we can't do anything. Well, division's a natural, instead of looking at it as a test, it's, um, it, you know, it's really an opportunity for us to grow. It's happened for a reason. And if you can look at it as an opportunity to grow instead of a punishment, then you can, I mean, and you know, and it's also, um, I think that I'm, I'm learning something that only faith can teach you. It doesn't matter whether you're, what your faith is, um, how faith, you know, you experience faith, that um, you can be, I'm learning to be content no matter what the life circumstances are. Because it can be just as difficult when you're successful with something as it can when a tragedy occurs. And so after a while, the two really aren't that different. And so when you really, um, when one embraces this truth, your, your temperament becomes very steady because you don't, you know, there's no be all end all and there's no, Oh, it's the end of the world. It's all a little, you know, it's, it's really what's in the middle of that. And in the middle of that, if, Faith can teach you how to be content, and you don't even—I mean, I have, there's a number of times. There's times on a regular basis I go through things, and I'm thinking, "This is really, uh, this is really devastating. How can I be content?
0: Mm.
1: I don't know. I, I, I because I trust that God is in there. I, because I trust that um, that it's just, you know, what it is too. It's I'm not thinking this is really devastating. How come I'm feeling so strong? I'm like, huh? How did that happen? But mm. it does. It does, right? You know,
0: well, no, but that's when you know there's higher power working when right. you've got all that going on, and then you've got this, you you, you really have this um, part of you that is um, it's saying move forward, keep going. You know, right. Right. That you know it's going to be okay, even though there may be crap everywhere on the floor, but you're like, you know what? I, I'm I'm still okay here. Like it's not the end of the world. And there are a lot of people out there that one thing goes wrong, even the smallest things go wrong and their world is shattered for the day or whatever it is, you know? Well, because, and again, it's their perception, their perception
1: is, um, you know, it becomes like a, you know, you're describing like a domino theory instead of, and instead of looking at it as an opportunity and say, say, okay, well that didn't work out. We are, you know, they say that's very important in business. You know, you make choices, you cut your losses, and you move forward. And I think that's a good, a good way to look at it. You know, you can look mm-hmm. at it from that point too. And then you just say, okay, if that didn't work out, okay, okay, then uh, that, then you moved in a different direction. Right. You just got to. So you got every pay- every negative every rejection is an acceptance in some way. If got, someone rejects you in some way, they're accepting you in another. If someone accepts you in some ways, they're rejecting you in
0: others. Mm, yes, yeah. that's, so that's the human condition, right? So you've been on a journey that's taking you very, very deep uh, in into life, uh, the ph- philosophy of life, and humankind, or human beings, and the brain and the mind, and 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 really what higher power, God, whatever somebody believes in, plays a part in our life. And, and how we do have to look at that as being um, much, much more important than the presence of what's in front of us, uh, the world, because we, you know, I, like, I know I'm trying to raise my kids, so they contribute to the world and don't take away from it. To me, people take away from the world in the sense that they aren't adding anything good to it. They're what they're, what they're adding is like all the stuff you were talking about, you know, you have to measure up and, you know, you have to have this and you have to have that and you have to have this and that. And, and really it's so much more simplistic than that. Um, you know, what, uh, I mean, you may
1: have that, you may live in a big house. You may not, you may, you know, you may drive a big, doesn't really, you know, it's again, it, it it doesn't mean you can't, you know, you can't live in a big house. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, it just means you may, you may not, but if you, whether you do or you don't, you realize it's about who you are. It's not the car or the house or the relationship. Right. And once you just start defining your life by that, then it's then your life becomes very complicated and problematic.
0: Because look at the people there are people out there who have a lot of things and big houses and cars, and they have all this, but they're jerks, you know. And they, what, how are they adding to the world? They're not, mm-hmm. they're, they're self absorbed and, you know, they're not giving back to and being of. Well,
1: a lot of times, I mean, this is, they're ill, they don't realize they've been, you know, it's after a while, it's like, who do you hold responsible? They're doing it because they were taught that, they were taught that and somebody else taught them that and somebody else taught the person before them. So the way to handle it is to be an example of the things, the change that you wanna see. And that will educate people that aren't, You know, they say, oh, wait a minute, there's a different way to look at this than the way I'm handling it. Right, exactly. What do you
0: hope people will take away from the book?
1: Um, well, I, I guess, I don't know there, um, I think one of the things that, um, that was said that we might talk about, um, is that, um, I think that's really interesting. I mean, there were so many, I, I touched on a number of world changing events that happened while I was writing the book as I went back and forth back into years of childhood and then to high school and then midlife years and later, I mean, and one of the things that I find is, you know, um, the things all around us—they influence us. Everything that you know. For example, John Glenn was the first astronaut to circle the Earth in space in three days. Right. Um, and I thought, you know, no, I'm not ever going to do that. But just to see that the human desire to um, to grow, to persevere—I mean, that was that was that left a mark on me as a young girl to see that. Um, um, you know, things, again, another thing that influenced me when I was growing up was that school prayer was ended in schools in, uh, 1962. Oh, was it that far back? Yeah, 1962. And it was really, um, interesting because what, what interested me about it is that there are a group of parents headed by this gentleman named Steve Engel and, um, they, um, um, they, I think they sued the Board of Education. Uh, oh, let me just see. Um,
0: I think it's something like that, yes.
1: Yeah, they, um, in other words, they, they, they sued the Board of Education because they wanted school prayer. Um, and the school prayer was very benign um, and the, um, the students could choose not to say it or leave the room. And it was vote. The Supreme Court said, "Nope. even if you have the choice not to say it or leave the room, you can't do that in school. And I think that was a serious mistake. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, how much I mean, how how much more politically pure could it be if it says you don't have to say the prayer? You can leave the room or you can leave the room. Right. You know, I I just I didn't to this day. I don't understand it. But I'm just saying these things. um, Nine eleven the strong leadership of President Bush saying, you know, um, I mean, it was very, um, it just showed me how valuable, um, strong leadership is. Um, When he's, you know, he said, you know, the terrorists are just intending to frighten us into chaos and they failed and the terrorist attacks cannot shake the foundation of America. America is an, and America is, and the reason that it was attacked because it, it is an exceedingly bright white. I mean, it, it, and pardon me, it's a it, it's an exceedingly bright beacon of light representing freedom and opportunity. I mean, I just he, at that time, I think he ex, um, he demonstrated um, you know dignity as a person and one, tremendous leadership, and that's that is important. Um, and also, too, I think I you know I mean it's just another example of how people can there people um are ex- capable of accepting and moving beyond you know very difficult life circumstances same mm-hmm. thing with sandy hook and you know just as far as sandy hook goes i mean i think that the reason that um uh, sandy hook elementary school which i think it happened in i want to say 2015 mm-hmm. the like date of the date but um you know he um I don't believe he didn't shoot these uh, six um, staff members of Sandy Hook Elementary and 20 students, primarily because he was basic mentally ill. Because there are a lot of mentally ill people that are that are hopeful people. He shot them because he surrendered hope. That's why you do that, not necessarily because you're mentally ill. And that was eye-opening for me to 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 you know to witness that um, and come away, come away with that understanding. Um, and that it's not something that, you know, I remember I was te- at the time, I was teaching a uh, religious ed class. And one of the boys says, I don't, you know, I don't understand how God could let this happen. And he, you know, he was sitting at a desk, fourth grade boy sitting at his desk and he had his hand full, and he said, I just don't, I don't understand how God could let this happen. And he bowed his head. And of course that, you know, I, I thought, no, you don't, God did not want this to happen. God does not ever, you know, want something like this happen. People people are given free will.
0: If mm-hmm. we're not mm-hmm. given free
1: will, we're not human. God is, would mm-hmm. not be a, a loving God.
0: Yeah. And it's really hard to teach that to children because, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've had this, I've had this conversations with my son and even probably my daughters. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to teach children this, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm really excited that you wrote this book. I am excited that you've got work because we're out of time, but I want to have you back on because I think we could talk for much longer. We need like an hour, right. (laughs) um, But this is a 30 minute show and I just, it's so, it's so many amazing things today. And I just, um, you know, I, I, I really hope people will go back and re-listen to the, the knowledge that you're sharing, the the insight, the awareness that you're sharing. And I'm yeah. talking to Mary Reagan about life flashes and memoirs. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you or for speaking, uh, you know, opportunities, anything like that?
1: Um, well, uh, I don't, um, I don't, I mean, the book's on Amazon now, but I don't, I, I'm waiting for it to, for the second edition to come out um, which will be um, in August, um, and the interview, um, maybe we could meet, I don't know if it would be possible for you to interview me again around the, in August, uh, like around the beginning of August. Yeah, we could, be...
0: we could probably do that. Now, do Okay, because you... I, cause I um,
1: then the website will be, everything will be ready to go. I, I really don't know yet. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. it'll be great. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, thank you so much for sharing your time today. And, oh, you're welcome. Uh, I'm so grateful for this. And get a copy, go out and get a copy of Life Flashes and Memoir. Get a copy for somebody you know. Just one copy.
1: more thing I want, I just wanted to say one more thing I wanted to say is that, you know, it is, I mean, it does, the book does look at a lot of, um, you know, a lot of issues, but it's also a book that there's a boatload of humor in it. It's not essentially a serious book. I okay. don't think you can have without, without, um, without humor, there's no faith. So there's plenty of, there's plenty of humor throughout the book.
0: It's great. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Love so yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to uh, receive that, um, the song too. Meanwhile. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. And listen, thank you so, so, so much. And Are you welcome. we'll thank have you. you back on and uh, thank you. bye for now, everybody have a blessed, blessed day. Thank you
1: so thank much. You also. Thank you. Good day.
0: Thank you for being a part of our audience today. Please subscribe, like, and share the podcast with your friends and tune in for the next episode of Cover to Cover for all things in the author world.